Hello, hello again. I am your host, the Heavy Metal Preacher. And in today's Bible reading, we are going to be talking about the gift of everlasting. Yes, we are going to be talking about salvation. Long ago, in the land of Israel, there was a man by the name of Jesus of Nazareth that preached about salvation, that sacrificed himself for your sins, that risen from the dead and gave us the ability to obtain salvation through his sacrifice. And in the New Testament, there are so many examples, so many ways that he gives us the teachings that his apostles wrote on ways on how to obtain this salvation. So for the next 30 minutes or 40 minutes, come and enjoy the wisdom and the word that our Lord has to give you. Also, we have a special guest today in our podcast. We have Mark for Christ that's going to be also telling you a little bit about his testimony and is also going to be joining us for a little Bible reading today as well. So, if you don't have a Bible, go ahead and listen to me on my broadcast. And if you do have a Bible, go ahead and turn to John chapter 3 where it actually begins on the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. God, Jesus, teached in Galilee. He teached in Syria. He traveled from Jerusalem to many parts all the time. And with him were always the 12 apostles. And as they were with him, they were also taught, for he is also the teacher. Jesus happens to be the teacher. Whether you're a pastor, a minister, a deacon, we are all teachers of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are all students of our Lord Jesus Christ. We learn and we adapt every day. So let us let us go to John chapter three and we be, we begin with verse two. And it says, but we're also gonna begin with the Lord's prayer because we cannot start this without the Lord's prayer. So if you bear with me, we're gonna start with the Lord's prayer. So the Lord can give us the knowledge and understanding and the patience that is to teach of this magnificent, magnificent gift that is salvation. So let us bow our heads and join together as you listen to me right now. And if you have a problem, uh, later on in the segment, we're going to give you a contact number. If you need prayer, if you're going through a situation right now, whether it's finance, health, whether it's somebody died, whether it's somebody a pain, we'll be gladly to pray for you. So let us join and put your hands together. Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as it is in earth and in heaven. Give us our daily bread, O Lord, and forgive my sins and any offenses that I must I have committed against thee. And for, let me forgive my sinners as well. Lead me not into temptation, O Lord, but deliver me from evil. For your kingdom is forever and ever. Amen. So... When we start in John, because when it comes to the New Testament, every book that pretty much describes a different teaching of Jesus Christ or the teachings that our Lord Jesus Christ left up. You see, he, the apostles were the witnesses to Jesus Christ. They wrote everything that he had to teach. So we're going to start right now with verse 2, and it says... The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher, came from God. For no man can do these miracles, miracles. And right there it says, let me read it again. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou dost except God be with him. 
So right there in verse 2, in, in John chapter 3, it tells you that Jesus, they also called him rabbi, because he was a rabbi. He was a rabbi that was sent from God. He was a teacher. Because no man could have done the miracles that Jesus did, because Jesus walked around Galilee healing the sick, uh, bringing back the dead. He was rebuking spirits. He was making people free. And anywhere that Jesus went, people followed him behind from the multitude. And again, it says again, I'm going to read from uh, verse 2. The same came to Jerusalem by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doesn't accept God to be with him. They knew that no man that did not come from God could do these miracles. Because you have to have the Spirit of God. He had the Spirit of God. He walked around Israel. He was the Son of God. He was the Lord and Savior. But this is before he went to the cross. And before he went to the cross, he was already doing his miracles on earth. And we go to uh, verse 3, and it says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Very, verity, verity, I say unto thee, Expect a man be born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. So in other words, Jesus said, if a man is not born again, if he does not, if he's not reborn in the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So he's right there telling you a simple matter of, of salvation right there. When you accept the Lord as your savior, you become a newborn Again, you, your, your spirit is reborn. You are being transformed into a son or daughter of the Most High. And unless you have transformed yourself into a son of God, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, verse 2, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time unto the mother's womb and be born? And these are the questions that many people have in their mind when it comes to salvation, especially when you come to Christ at an old age. Sometimes when you're in your 20s, when you're in your 30s and 40s, it's the time when people say, how can I be reborn at this age? How can we be reborn at this age? And Jesus answered, Very, very, I say unto thee, except the man be born of water, and by the Spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So there is another instruction that Jesus said again, I say unto thee, except a man be born out of water, which is the baptism, you see, when you accept the Lord as your Savior, there is another step that you must do that is the baptism. The baptism, it is, uh, it is a way for the Spirit to be reborn because when you accept the Lord as your Savior, you have to be reborn through the Spirit. The flesh that is now you has to die and a new spirit, a, new, a newcomer has to be reborn. And I read again, I say unto thee, he cannot enter, very, very, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and, the, and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So after the, after the baptism, you have to have the rebirth of the spirit. Because when the spirit is rebirthed, your spirit becomes 
a newborn in Jesus Christ. When we come to Jesus Christ, we are newborns. That's what we are, the students. We are the students of Jesus Christ. We are the apprentices. If I can speak in nerdy terms, we are the apprentice Jedis. And Jesus is our Jedi master. And we have to learn from our Jedi master to become Jedi masters. But even when you become a Jedi, you are still learning from our master, Jesus Christ, on the ways of salvation. We have a special guest right now. He's about to join us. If he can tell you guys his name. Hey, uh, hi, guys. Um, my name is Mark. Um, Mark of Christ is uh, my, my tag name. And... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful to God to be here, and I, I can't wait to start. So, Mark, I want you, I'm going to have you turn to uh, John chapter 3. And Mark is also going to be telling us a little background about his story, his testimony, where he comes from, and what has God done for Mark that he's so grateful. See, we are both apprentices. We are still lower-class Jedis, and we are learning from our master Jedi, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Mark, if you can read, if you can read uh, verse 6, John chapter 3. <clears throat> Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So that, okay, what it's trying to say right here, and I'm going to read off again, it says, that which is born in the flesh is flesh, and that which is born in the spirit is spirit. So, when you are born out of your mother, you are born out of the flesh. Humans reproduce, and we're born out of the, uh, out of our mother's womb, which is very incredible. Women are very sophisticated creatures in the world because they're the only evolutionary creature that can make another human being. But our Lord is the rebirth of the spirit. So when you become saved, you are rebirth of the Spirit. Amen. So what do you have uh, to say about this statement today? Uh, well, I mean, being as being one who has walked through it and walked through the fire, I got to say that's a very, very true statement. Um, honestly, if you're if you if you're not born of the Spirit, most most times you don't even want to reproduce. I mean, you just want your own selfish desires and you're really just living for yourself and living to reproduce benefits for yourself. And it really wasn't until I came to the Holy Spirit, through the Holy birth in the Holy Spirit, that I was able to... See, everybody, every one of us, every one of us, when we come to Christ, we all come from several backgrounds. We all have a past, especially when you come to Christ. Yeah. It, it matters. We're all sinners. We're all sinners, and we are all born out of the flesh. When we're a part of the world, we all are about to be born into the, the spirit, and that is the spirit that kills off the flesh that made us sinners. And when somebody comes to Christ, and they accept the Lord as their Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ is right there with us, hearing everything that's going to happen. And when somebody is born out of the spirit, and relinquishes their flesh, there's a celebration in heaven because that person is a reborn. We are celebrating the rebirth of the Spirit. Amen. Okay, let us move to uh, verse 7 where it says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Again, it says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again, which means marvel the words that the Lord said that you must be reborn again to obtain salvation, which is also the everlasting life. Because when we come to Christ and we are baptized in water, the only reason we're baptized in water and a lot of people that go to baptisms, they find the baptism very weird. It's not normal to them. Especially if you come from an atheist background, a Catholic background, a Mormon background. Uh, you come from, and you're coming to Christ. And it depends what kind of life you live. Because 
even the apostles had lives before they became apostles. And one of the examples of the apostles that had a very bad life is Apostle Paul. Oh, man. Uh, Apostle Paul, he, he was a man, he was a military man that really did the work for Israel. He was a very holy man. But he was an ancient holy man. And when you read about Apostle Paul, his background was he was a killer. Yep. He killed for Israel. He, he, he persecuted the Christian Jews and was literally following them from Syria all the way to Damascus to persecute the new followers of Christ. And on the way to Damascus, he was blinded. And right there, he was born out of the Spirit. Yeah. And when he comes back and tells the apostles, hey, I'm one of you, everybody goes, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. They go, Paul, yesterday you were a Sith Jedi, and now you're one of us? You wanted to kill me yesterday, now you're saying? So it, it, was, it was very hard. People, especially when you come to Christ, depending on your background, even people at church are going to be like, wait a minute. Wasn't she a prostitute yesterday? And a lot of people are going are gonna to point out that she was a prostitute. Yep. But, there, but that's what it says here. Marvel not that I said unto thee, he must be born again. And if you can reread it so they can understand in verse 7. Sure. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So don't be surprised. We are reading from two different Bibles. I actually have the... Right. Yeah. I have the old English Bible, unfortunately. Which, I, have, uh, I have the New Living. <laughs> so if we have to, if we have to re- uh, reread certain verses, please mind us, yeah. so your minds can understand what we're saying. <laughs> it's quite the jump. It really is. So, Mark, uh, if, if we're gonna jump a little bit to your testimony. If you want to sure. tell uh, the people a little bit about your background, where do you come from, and. What has God done for your your life so far? Well, uh, yeah, God's God's done marvelous things uh, for me. It's 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 um it's definitely everything I was asking for when I was living in my life in my old life and more. Uh, there was a time in my when I, I was I was hitting rock bottom and I would pray to God to 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 give me a new life and I would actually fantasize about. About, you know, I was I, I was born into Catholic Catholicism, so I was uh, I would I would think about joining some sort of exorcism school, but I was already I was already pretty late. I'm I'm 30 years old. I didn't think at the time I was 30. I didn't think oh, that would even be a possibility. I just went to a college. I spent thousands of dollars there, and to go to another school was just not going to happen. But anyway. Um, so that that was my my plan in the in the past when I was living in sin, um, but uh, yeah, um, my story uh, my story is pretty. Uh, one second, uh, I don't know where you want me to jump in. Do you want me to just start? Oh uh, well, it's or? a pretty good statement. I mean, you're saying your testimony. Yeah. And I mean, I, I myself come from a very uh, dark background. I mean, I came from being a pagan and somebody that actually uh, followed Satanism, paganism, and spellcasting to being reborn gotcha. into Christ again. And me and my brother, we, me and my brother Mark here, uh, he's a very outstanding person that is Mark. Uh, we barely met hey, not that long ago, yeah. but I, I believe that we both have uh, very good testimonies in which yeah. we will also do other segments with a lot of other people. Uh, we have a, I have a YouTube channel coming out. It's called, uh, uh, heavy metal pastor ministries and <laughs> and it's going to be based pretty awesome and uh, we're also going to be putting contact numbers for you guys that need prayer out there because for you that are out there still searching for the light you're still searching for the world because that's what we're all doing even with me being a uh, born again person I still got to get baptized in the name and, and obtain my salvation but I'm still finding that road which is the road of humbleness and it's not an easy road because oh, when you come to God God, it is not easy. Yeah, uh, you have to sacrifice your flesh. You have to sacrifice your desires, your vanity, your 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 lustful, your thinking. And sometimes, when you become uphold by the Lord, it is the main part that Satan hates. You see, hate, Satan loves 
sinners. Why do you think Satan never bothers sinners? Because they are already chosen, already chosen by him. They, he has them enslaved to shackles. He has you pretty much, he's the puppeteer. He's uh, General, he's uh, Emperor Palpatine in this matter. We'll go back to the Star Wars statement, but he's Emperor Palpatine, and he's out there looking for his Darth Vader's and his Kylo Ren's and, and, his, and his Smog. He is the master of the Sith Lords. And, and sometimes, and it's not even Satan, he could send a friend, a girlfriend, a wife, somebody that's going to make you mad to try to fall from the path. Yeah. Uh, like my, my, my brother here saying uh, that sometimes we have to uh, acknowledge what the Lord says, but we are here to, to pretty much tell you of, of, our, of our coming to the Lord and give you the major gift of the salvation. Yeah, so, uh, so, so going back to that, um, really the way, I, the way I was rebirthed, um, it, was, it was quite like Paul. Uh, you know, a lot of people, they don't really go through too extreme of a, of a blinding and a realization uh, coming to Christ. But I think that, um, that, uh, that, that God, God's, uh, God's path for me, I don't think that I would have stuck on it so severely if it wasn't for my, my coming into Christ. Um, to, to start out, when I was younger, um, I had I had a lot of aunts and uncles who who, who messed with with witchcraft. I'm from I'm Mexican. My family's from Mexico, and uh, we had uh, I guess she you could say she was a high what is it, a high priestess in witchcraft. I don't know oh, how that works. She's one of the she's one of the, a high priestess is somebody that pretty much she was the one that everybody went to in the in, yeah. in the town. You know, like the town was probably you couldn't do rituals without her staying. Five hundred people, be yeah, people like would go to her, and, uh, and it's pretty sad too. Uh, from what I hear, is she um, she left her family, my mother, and all her, all her siblings, and her um, my grandma in in you know just poor pobreza and. Uh, and wouldn't lift a, another life, and um, but I think that because of that, there was a lot of infliction. So growing up, I always saw shadows, which you know, being five and, and around that age, I'd always call them ninjas. <laughs> Just, you always see them out of the corner of your eyes. You always see them uh, random times. And uh, at night was a real battle of being being young and always being tormented by noises, uh, breathing. Shadows, demonic dreams, and never knowing and understanding what it was, um, that kind of progressed me into knowing that there was, uh, I, you know, like I said, I was raised Catholic, so I knew of God, I knew of Him, I knew of Jesus, and uh, the experiences that I was experiencing, you know, growing older into my teens made me realize that, okay, well, there is a supernatural and there is a God, because there can't be so much darkness and yet... Uh, you know, and that, and that's where a lot of people get uh, a lot of people get lost because I mean, there's people out there that believe in Satan, but they don't believe in God. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, that, they know that, that God created Satan yeah. and created most of the demons and the principalities. It was God who created him first. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the the background of Lucifer and Satan, yeah. you got to understand that they were both angels at one point that served the Lord and betrayed God and they were defeated. So I tell people, you serve a, God, a deity that was pretty much thrown out of heaven for being a bad choir boy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> he couldn't comply with the rules and got thrown out of heaven. He wanted to be uh, But we'll leave that for another yeah. segment. Uh, I myself, uh, I come from a background where I used to love the paranormal. I used to like talking to the dead. Oh, I, I did spell castings. I used to go to ritual circles where people sacrifice cats and, and we actually, I was I was like only 12 years old. I was like literally the youngest one in the pack and I, I really thought we were playing d and I mean, like, I really thought we played Dungeons and Dragons, and because I love Dungeons and Dragons and magic and wizards and stuff, I'm, I'm a huge nerd. The Gathering, you know what I mean? Magic yeah. Man. So you know, so when they showed me, they showed me the book. You know, it's like this big black book, and it, sh and it shows you everything. You know, um, it's very, it's very. At first, it's very frightening because you know you're not used to seeing this stuff up close. Um, <laughs> 
I went from seeing shadows to actual apparitions. I was locked in mental wars. People thought I was crazy. Everywhere I went, nobody trusted me, you know. And and, and I I really thought that I was going to, like, commit suicide after a certain point. And at one point, I actually did commit suicide. But we'll leave that testimony for another statement. Um, But, you know, and it took me, like, 32 years to realize that I had a purpose in life. And when we are living in a life of, I call it the, the, the stage one in the life of denial, mm-hmm. which we pretty much, we walk by ourselves and we believe in these things. You know, Satan's going to have you by a certain string. Oh, yeah. And every time he pulls that string, he's, you got to understand, I mean, he tempted the Lord. He tempted the Lord for 41 days and, and 41 nights. I mean, if you read the temptations of Jesus, well, we'll, all, we'll read uh, another uh, another um, podcast. If we can go, actually, we can go back to the temptations of Jesus, which would be uh, what chapter? Chapter, give me one second. Float right over there. We're going to go back and read the temptations of Jesus, which shows you that one of the biggest gifts that Satan has is to deceive and to give you the free will to believe that God is the evildoer. I mean, come on. He deceived an entire generation of angels to betray their God. Okay, so we're going to go right here. It should be, let's see. Jesus four. Which uh, chapter? Matthew chapter four. Uh, First Matthew. Uh, you go ahead and read. Read the temptation right. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness uh, to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. So when we talk about the temptation to Jesus, because uh, when it comes to the gospel of the Lord, many of us that come to Christ are going to get tempted, and even if you're not in Christ, you're still going to get tempted. And one of the biggest things is he's going to offer you things that are going to pretty much damn your head and give you the free will to do these things. And hold on, we're going to find this really quick. There we go. Okay. So I'll read that first one again. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. So there you go. What a, which it, it, it tells you that uh, God, being the Son of God, was led into the wilderness to be tempted for 41 days. Can you imagine being tempted by Satan for 41 days? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and especially, and for some reason, it always happens even when we're fasting. Yeah. Fasting, if you guys don't know what fasting is, it is, a, it is a sacrifice we do for the Lord. We fast for about maybe a day. He fasted for 41, 40, uh, 41 days and 41 nights. I don't think any human can do that. I mean, you can survive a month without uh, food, but can only survive a week without water. I mean, really? you would have... Oh, actually, I've, 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 read, I've read and heard testimonies that you can, but you want to be pretty pretty high in there, pretty walking with Christ constantly. Uh, we're talking apostleship, you know. It's nothing that no one, no no first-timer into Christ would want to try to attempt. Um, Even a week would be a little too much. We got we have people that have been in the gospel for about all their lives, and, and they, they fast. I mean, you notice when you fast, automatically you start getting the food commercials. <laughs> Suddenly that guy that never pays for, for lunch wants to invite you to lunch. Oh, um, you start, your stomach starts getting weak and you start you, you start craving all these foods. It doesn't even matter if you're doing a three-day fast or, or uh, just a, skipping two meals a day uh, fast. For some reason, that crazy hunger just seeps in and, and seeps in and you just want to eat at, like a whole buffet just because you missed one meal. <laughs> But that that is one of the biggest. And when you do your fasting, you got to pray to God. you got to be with the Spirit, with God, so the Lord can help you. See, man does not live by bread alone. We live by every spirit and word that is the Word of God. Amen. And it's very important when you fast to be in the Word of God. 
Turn off your TV, turn off your Facebook, turn off, lose contact with the world. Become a Gilligan's Island for 24 hours or, or three days. <laughs> you really do, you really do you know, disconnect. Tell your boss you're taking a week, you're, 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 uh, take a leave for three days for those for those, for those uh, fasts because sometimes even when you work and you fast, it gets very difficult to go to work and fast. Uh, because you have lunchtime comes. Let's say you work at a mall, okay? You work at a mall and you're fasting, and you're gonna walk through the food court, all right? <laughs> you want a quick testimony about that? I work at Home Depot, worked at Home Depot, and uh, I did a. I chose to do a three day fast. Uh, for the second day, I had a shift. The first day and the second day, I had a shift. The first day went by fine, but I work in lumber, or I worked in lumber doors and windows and lumber. They threw me all over the place there. But the second day, man, it was strenuous. It was torturous. We're lifting, you know, they got me closing, lifting wood, putting it all in order. This is like a Home Depot at the end of the day, especially in East San Jose, where everybody starts to go to work and they pick up their lumber and everything. It's just a wreck. And so it's a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of cement, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of picking up. And the word actually says for you to splash your face with water and to make it seem like you're not fasting because only God is, uh, is, is noticing you. No one should really know about that. So it was a pretty straining second day of my fast trying to keep that under wraps and, and, and close. It, it actually gets worse <laughs> in your second day of fasting because your, your smell senses become twice oh as stronger. Uh, if, you, if you fast for two days and you smell a donut, your, your, your senses are going to go, eat it. <laughs> but, you know, you have to, that's what, that's what it says, you're sacrificing the desires of the flesh. It doesn't really, I don't mean to talk about, uh, yeah, you got to sacrifice lust, anger, and hate, but it's when you says you're sacrificing Sacrificing the flesh, you're sacrificing what your body wants. And if we read uh, verse, uh, we read in uh, verse three here, and it says, "And when the tempter came to him, he said, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones and made and be made bread." Read again from verse three, so they can understand the old English. During that time, the uh, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So there again, okay, right there, Satan is actually tempting the Lord. He's saying, if you are the son of God, take these stones and make them bread. And, and sometimes when you're, in, when you're in your fast and you're sacrificing to the Lord, and it happens, believe it or not, whether you're in the, you're, uh, I'm in a, when you're the son of God, I'm not going to say Christianity, because Christianity is just pretty much a title. Everybody, for some reason, everybody wants to be a Christian today, but it has become a doctrine of, of uh, false doctrines, all kinds of stuff like that. But when you're the son of God, when you're the son of God, and, and you're, the devil's going to go, well, if you're the son of God, Go here and try to make some money and turn, go to those and make some money and eat. But sometimes, and that's what's going to happen to all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we go to verse 4, and it says, But he answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Again, I'm going to read. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Meaning, it, Jesus told them that we, we, us man, but he means by bread, he's talking about flesh. We do not live of our fleshly desires alone, which could be money, it could be women, it could be alcoholism, it could be drugs, it could be uh, eating disorder, because eating disorder is actually a demon, uh, a demon that gives you the ability to, glu to gluten. And um, sometimes when I feel like I'm having an eating disorder, I, I rebuke Satan right away. And he, he's trying to tell you that we will not eat our, just our flesh alone, but by every word of God. So when you're fasting, it's good that you nourish your soul. Because when you're reading the Bible, you're nourishing your soul. You're nourishing your mind. It's kind of like when you want to read a comic book. When you read a comic book, you're taking your mind 
into an imagination, imagination world. You're reading about Superman, Iron Man, Spider Man. So you're in that world. You're, you're watching movies. That, so you're you're in that fantasy world. So and your body and your soul is being okay. I'm being fed all this stuff, but what is it doing for you? It's not. It's it's putting your mind in, and you start asking yourself certain questions. So oh, sure. when when you come to the Bible, you're reading off the knowledge of God, and yeah. and and He says again. <laughs> It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uh, if you mind, if you don't mind, I can interject real quick. And one of the things that I love about this too is if you read this as keys into fasting. Um, you know, we were talking about earlier how you know no one should do a forty fast, forty day fast unless they're ordained by God to do so. Um, the thing, one of the things that I love about this is that this is Jesus in the flesh. This is Jesus as human. Knowing, you know, he just got baptized in the spirit and, you know, all the revelation came to him. He knows who he is and what his plan is and what his job is to do, but he's still human in this, in this bodily form. And so the way I see these responses that he gives to Satan and all these temptations, it, it just solidifies things, actions that you should take while fasting, uh, for instance, you know, people don't live by bread alone. My, I have a new living translation. Um, people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So a good way to, 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 a good way to look at that is when you're tempted by food, that's a, that's a, a reminder, like a, a, an alarm clock for you to, sh- to shoot. Like, oh, you know what? Let me pick up my Bible right now because I'm hungry. And right now I'm letting my flesh die so that my spirit can feast. Not all, not only that, you gotta pray. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta ask God for help because oh, uh, if Jesus was in his in his carnal flesh as the person in the world and oh, he was man. tempted, he still asked the Father for help. Always, always. And the Father was guiding him through the desert to answer. But he wasn't answering Amen. the devil, but he was answering through God's word. Amen. So, Amen. so and, and it's beautiful because that's actually one of Jesus' responses at the very end of this whole. Uh, uh, what would you say? How would you say uh, conflict with Satan is? You know, I don't want to skip ahead, but it comes in at the end where, where you know, these three steps are, are very key to, to fasting. But the next three steps, besides fasting, is the things the devil has to offer you. In the world, when we're in the world, when we're in the flesh. I'm not going to say the world because we're part of the world, but we're in the flesh. Satan will offer you many great things that sound pleasurable. I, I used to be a porn addict. I used to be a humongous porn addict. There wasn't a day, there wasn't a day where I was not in the porn network or going to buy movies. I, I just had to watch the naked ladies. Yeah. And, and the more, and it came to the point where I wanted to be a porn, a, a porn actor. Yeah. In my head, I thought, okay, maybe that's a good career for me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, but, Satan, when he hears you, you see, Satan hears everything you're saying. You could be in a church and say, I'm going to glorify myself in the, front, in, the, in the presence of the Lord. But right there, Satan is going, oh, really? You're going to glorify yourself? Well, let me test you. Let me give you that opportunity. Let me offer you this. Let me offer you the truck of your dreams or, or the house you want. And, 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 you know, sometimes I'll take that even a, a little bit further, too, because if you're not in Christ, a lot of times, and you are all over the world, you know, in the world of sin, you've accumulated so many spirits inside you. And so even just thinking it, you know, they're whispering it in your head, and they see how your spirit reacts to certain conversations. They read you right off the back. They know exactly what's being processed in your mind. They, these are ancient spirits who've been doing Well, he has legions. Yeah. He has legions. And sometimes it's not even Satan himself. Because Satan walks his domain. Yeah. The world is oh, no, his domain. Yeah, this is his kingdom. Is his, his, his. But he needs his helpers yep. to do his bidding. Amen. Because he's chained up. He is chained up. That's when people said that the devil made me do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's chained oh. up. The demon made you do it. All they do is whisper. But remember, there's a way. The, and let's say we're going to show you how... To defeat yep. demons before they even touch you. Amen. A lot of people go and say, oh, I'm demon-possessed. And I can. No, no, no. Well, that means you're weak in the spirit, you're weak in the flesh, and you're letting the flesh take over the it's, spirit. Exactly. It's like uh, how you were talking about earlier uh, with, with gluttony. If you allow yourself to persist, 
then it starts to become this sort of uh, a possession where you're compelled to do it. Now, but the sad thing about it is that's, that's the, the problem with sin. The more you do it, the more you commit to it, the more it becomes uh, overwhelming for, for you, the more it becomes your master. And there's another trick the devil does. Once you have committed certain sins and it destroys you, he uses that for blame. Oh, for sure. Uh, I know I, I, many times where I... I um, I have so many relationships that went down the hill because of my porno- my pornography addiction. Yeah. You know, I used to get caught watching hardcore fat women, right? And and uh, you know, and it just tore everything apart. And 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 it's like I used to feel bad after it. You know, I used to cheat on my spouses. I used to do this and that. And and my lust grew over time. I I used to say I can't love one woman. Yeah. I used to say I desire them all. Yeah. If I was with one girl, I seen another girl, I had to have that girl. And I did everything possible to jeopardize that relationship just so I can go with that person. That is true. That's true, yeah. And, You'll even self-destruct your own perfect relationship just because you have this idea of what the perfect beautiful woman is in your mind, beautiful body is in your mind that you want to achieve your goal is to get it. You profile, you, you project to yourself the perfect woman. Yep. And, and and she has to have the perfect body, the perfect eyes, the perfect hair. And sometimes you do meet her, but you, je- you, you jeopardize her, you jeopardize that relationship because your mindset is stuck, okay, I want that one too. Yep. And, you, just like movie, you pop in, you pop in one DVD, you're done with that one, you, you don't even ever look at it again. You just keep buying new ones. And then uh, it was my my alcoholic, my alcoholism. Oh. I used to be a huge alcoholic, alcoholic before I came to God. I, I used to go to the store. And what I used to love drinking. I used to love drinking beer, beer and alcohol. I would go and buy two 12 packs, and <laughs> and I would literally sit there and start drinking can after can after can, and I would finish two 12 packs within minutes. Wow. And I would sit there wow. and I would be really drunk and still wanted to go buy more. Yeah. Wow. I almost came to the point where I almost uh, did alcohol poisoning. The doctors used to tell me that my liver was gonna die. Wow. And and. After so much fault, I had so much fault that it went from drinking at parties to drinking by myself to drinking in the morning to literally I would wake up at 7 o'clock in the morning with a talking in my hand. Wow. I would go to sleep and take a shot out of whiskey. I would be drinking in my sleep, okay? And, and one day I woke up and I looked in the mirror. And here's what Satan does with the temptation. Yeah. He... You look at yourself in the mirror and you see who you become, and that's when it hits you. Oh, it is. Yeah. And one of the what's, what's one of the biggest things that people do? They blame God. Yeah. Oh yeah. They said God. It was no. It's not God's fault. Yeah. Just like it's not God's fault for what's going on in the world. Yeah. God did not put a gun to people's head and tell them to pollute the world, no. pollute the globe. God did not say, go pollute my oceans or go pollute the fields and make the world so unbalanced that now we have global warming. Yeah. But what he did do is he foresaw that because he foresaw our fall. He gave us the free will to do so. Satan gives you the free will to commit sin, but also gives you the free will to feel bad after you commit sin. Oh, yeah. But let us go back to verse 5 where it says... When the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on the pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, If you are the Son of God, cast yourself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels courage concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up least at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. If you can read it in English, my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Five. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the Son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, He will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up on their hands, so you won't even hurt hurt your foot on a stone. Okay, there's another example of temptation. Sometimes people say, I'm going to start a company, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to do this, but they're self-glorifying each other. 
Yeah. They're not putting God first. And, 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 and Satan comes and goes, well, if you're a Christian, go and preach to Baghdad. Or where they're, yeah. or, or where go preach in a certain part of Mexico, or like the guy that went to the Sentinel Islands, the guy that went to the Sentinel Islands, mm-hmm. he went at his own accord to an island that 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 had cannibalistic tribesmen to go preach the word of God. Yeah, but was was God really with it, or was he tempting God? Was he was he going with without consulting in the, the Lord, or was he just going because of his own? His own ideas and his own thoughts of what happened to him. He got he got arrow. He got arrowed. Okay, and it says right here. Man, but. Jesus said unto him, "It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God." Mm-hmm. We cannot tempt the Lord. It's like okay, we are born again Christians. Mm-hmm. We see a bar. Satan goes, go into that bar. It's okay. Drink one beer. You're the son of God. God will forgive you. And if we go in the bar, what are we doing? We're already tempting. We're already... Not only are we testing. tempting our flesh, but we're oh. tempting the Lord. Lord. Yeah. We are succumbing to, to Satan's... Satan's... Yeah. And it's sometimes... It's then we're trying to take that, that authority that God... That, that we start to try and carry it on our own shoulders, our own, our own strengths. And oh, we are children of God. We are. Why we, uh, I can walk into that bar right there and watch so many people do exactly the sin that kept me in, in bondage for years. And, and, and the worst part is, I don't say that you're going to hear Satan's voice out of thin air. No, no, no. You know, that, that makes people think you're insane. Mm-hmm. You'll become uh, that guy Sam I am, you know? Uh, uh, Sam's choice. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about sometimes Satan uses certain people to bring you the temptation to bring you the desire oh, to yeah. bring you remember satan has so many people that work for him that they they are the you know oh sorry they, the, one of the one of the nerdy ways i like to consider it is uh, the matrix yeah it, it was it's a really beautiful analogy for the spirit realm if you really aren't disconnected from the hive mind which is the world, the world is fallen. We're all born into sin. And if you're not unplugged by accepting and being baptized and born into, to, with the Holy Spirit in you, then you really are succumbed and able to be taken advantage of uh, by by spirits, and, and they will speak through, through you. You will you will entice people. You will you will act um, not of your own, really. That's actually a very perfect analogy. Uh, we're actually pretty much nerdy guys, so we're using so many analogies of the stuff we love. Uh, you guys saw me, I use Jedi's, we're using the Matrix, which are perfect analogies for both good and evil. Um, let's say, let's say uh, you're fasting, right? And sometimes your desire is, is great food. We all love great food. But there's somebody comes to your house, somebody you never know, somebody that never even invites you out to eat or pay, somebody that's cheap, okay? Uh, they come to your house, <laughs> and Adam Roy say, let's order a pizza. You go, wait a minute, this guy never buys me food. Yeah. He never came to my house one time and said, let's go get a coffee. Now he wants pizza? <laughs> Wait a minute. Suddenly I popped into his mind. That's when you say, you say, thou shalt not tempt the Lord. No, sir, I'm fasting today. Can you come back later on? Amen. Or you yeah. say, you want, you can stay with me. We pray together and we'll go at three to go. Go yeah. get some pizza. Yeah, there's always a way to twist it Remember, you kill Satan and you invite him to the oh, fasting. that's true. And um, before you know it, he's doing fasting too. And that's why a lot of people, they get scared. They uh, they get scared and they go they 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 try to be, no 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 it's not about being scared about being tempted to the flesh it's about destroying the spirit of the evil one yeah yeah only because they have the spirit it doesn't mean they cannot yeah. be delivered from that evil one yeah there's sometimes where I feel angry so badly that I say God in the name of Jesus I rebuke whatever's disturbing me yeah or uh, I there's sometimes where I go I go to the store. And I smell and I smell alcohol. I, I smell beer in my head. And I said, in the name of Jesus, that spirit of alcoholism, leave. Yep. Sometimes you gotta learn how to rebuke, rebuke yourself. And when Jesus said right here, yeah. it is written, it is it is written again that thou shalt not tempt the Lord. Jesus was not only rebuking Satan, but he was re, re, rebuking that spirit that was by him. Yeah. Yeah. That was by him. And like that, that's that's that is the main aspect of how to become 
one with God. And then we go to... Well, if I, if I, can, um, if I can add into that, just to go back to... Because these, these uh, Jesus' replies are, are very key. They're perfect keys for, for fasting, actually. Because in, in my interpretation of this, where he says, um, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. And so if we look at the first one, don't live by bread alone, but by the, by the word of God. You know, go to the word whenever you're tempted for whatever you're fasting. Go to the word for whatever you're tempted. The second one is, you know, don't test. Don't don't test return. You know, it's not of your strength. It's all of God. Make yourself humble before him. Know that know that it is God and not you. Basically return to him. You know, repent of of of, of those ways and don't even go into those bars, you know, for instance. You know, and so, so if you take those two plus the next one together, it's it's very it's a very solid way basis. For example, strip joints. Let's say strip oh, joints. Okay, strip really bars. <laughs> the place with the nudies. Oh man, those are the perfect examples of how Satan tempts the flesh. You know, because everybody has a weakness that we suffer. Uh, depending on what you lived in, if, if you were a, 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 a you were a player, you were somebody that's always with women, one of the biggest things that the, the devil offers is the pleasure of the flesh, the pleasure that involves the flesh. And sometimes a lot of people, they go outside and they see a woman that's half-naked dressed and saying goes, well, look at her. <laughs> look at her. Look what she looks like. Ugh, look at your wife. Yep. You could do better. And, 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 and 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 people and it always happens when people fast. Yeah. When you're trying to become one with God, it always happens in that manner. Yeah. But that's when you say, when you look at your wife, you look at your wife and say, you know what, wife, you are beautiful. I don't care if you're not wearing makeup. I don't care if you smell bad, but you are beautiful. Yep. You know, you, you you kill the flesh like that. Yeah. And and, and, it, and it says right here, you have to be. Yeah. First, you have to be born in the spirit. You have to destroy the flesh. Because remember, we're talking about salvation. Yeah. And we're moving to temptations because self temptations can easily kill your salvation. Easily. Even you could be in church for a millennium. You could be preaching, praying the word of God, delivering demons. But if you succumb to that tiny temptation, that little tiny voice in your head. You start all over. You're over. You're done. What happens? You start over. What happened? What happened to Saul? Saul disobeyed God mm-hmm. by killing the, but by not killing that guy and that that, that priest by sacrificing her. And by sacrificing, what happened to him? He left his kingdom and went to go find David. Yeah. You could be a pastor. You could be a preacher, but if you succumb to that little, that little voice in your head. God says, you have betrayed me. You have betrayed the church. Now you either have to repent or I go look for somebody else. Yep. Yeah. And and sometimes pastor goes, they say, well, you're dividing my church. No, sir. You, (laughs) you, You succumb to that little temptation and now God has left you and you have to repent. You have to pray and you have to restart over because before you go on the altar and pray people and preach to people about the gospel, about salvation, you got to make sure that your cup is not tainted. Yep. Yeah. And that's what, imagine if, if, if the Lord were to succumb to the temptations. Hmm. We wouldn't be saved. We wouldn't have had anything. We wouldn't know about salvation. Oh, we wouldn't know about Christ. We wouldn't know about anything. God himself would be locked up in hell. Jesus was in the flesh. He was in the, he was a man. He was a man and, and he did not succumb to that little temptation. Let us go to, um, we're going to, we're almost done right here. Let us go to, let's go to verse six. No, verse 7, verse 7. Are we on 8? No, uh, we're on 8, we're on 8, right? Again, the devil taketh him up into the exceed dome of the word and the glory of them. And unto and said unto him, All these things will be will I give to thee if you fall down and worship me. What is one of the biggest things that men craves? That men craze above anything else. Power, Power glory, fame, riches. Respect. And today, one of the biggest temptations for that is the Illuminati. Yeah. Oh. The Illuminati says, join our order. That is very And we wow. shall give you everything. You shall have Lamborghinis, Ferraris, your name plastered on the Wait, billboard. Man. We'll make you uh, president. We'll make you a king. But what happens? They kill him at the end. Yep. 
They die. They commit suicide or they die from something, right? Yeah, so they can keep them on a leash. Sometimes, if the if if Satan cannot sustain to your temptation through either your food or the flesh, he will give you something that you want more. It's money. Mm -hmm. Money happens to be one of the biggest downfalls of of, of holy men. The people in the world are barely coming to God. There are teachers, but there are people that have been in church for about a, a decade that succumb to money. For example, let's say you have a church of millions, a mega million church, but because you want your fame, you forgot to open up your church when there was a crisis. Yep. Ouch. You have all those rooms. And yet the homeless are outside starving. Because you don't want your you, you don't, to be you don't, destroyed. You don't want any water damage. For whatever reason, whatever worldly reason, you've already succumbed to. So is he serving God or is he serving his temptation? Exactly. Wow. He's on TVs. He's on TBN. He's, he, he's on, he has books. He has, he has all this. But he has lost the grace of God. Wow. That is... <laughs> that is definitely a no-fly zone. So sometimes when you have money, that's why I tell people when I get when I get money, when I get a certain amount, I tell God, if you make me famous, it'll be to glorify your name. I want you to make me famous. I, I want you to give me the words to make music. I want you to give me the ability to become famous. Why? Because when you become, remember, the apostles were rich. The apostles weren't poor. I get tired when people say, oh, well, the apostles slept in the street. No, the apostles were very wealthy people. How do you think they rented that, 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 that little area for Jesus during the Last Supper? The, the, the Jesus never spent a dollar. It's because the apostles had his back. Yeah, and, and see, this, that's one of the things, because uh, although they, they, they had finances, they would actually sleep on, in the slums or in the, on the streets. Why? Because they were doing the will of the Father, and, and the only way that they could reach these people was to live in their environments. Mother Teresa is a beautiful example of that herself. You know, being chosen by God, being so close to God and her own prayer and her own talk and her walk that she went out and lived in the slums. And she had, you know, she had come from money as well. And, and I think that's a beautiful example. The apostles are a beautiful example of being children of God, literally walking with Jesus, accumulating this wealth, that these, these blessings that were given to them throughout the, their time. And, you know, and, and only using them for the ministry. And their bodies and sacrifice were, were used. Um, Let's think of, for example, Judas, right? Judas is a perfect example of somebody that came to the temptation of his own finance. Yeah. Okay, when Mary Magdalene came to Jesus with that, and she gave him that oil to wash his feet, one of the biggest downfall of Judas was that he was always questioning the finance. Even though God was blessing the apostles with the finance, he was always questioning. Yeah. Jesus, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you why you could have sold that for 10 shekels and we could have been and God said, "Why are you worried <laughs> of what the Lord's having me do for my people?" Amen. And, and sometimes when you succumb to the to the to the to the demands and it says right here, again the devil taketh him up into the unto the exceed high mountains. Remember, he doesn't take you to a low place. He takes you to a high mountains to show you what he has. And says to him, all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, all these things will I give thee if you shall bow down to worship him. Satan needs, he's a diva. Oh, yeah. Satan is the biggest <laughs> diva in the entire world. He needs praise. He needs, he needs uh, attention. He needs everything. And the only way he says, oh, let me give you a little bit of pleasure. Hugh Hefner, I'll give you the Playboy Mansion. Hugh Hefner is the perfect example. Yeah. Hugh Hefner had riches. He had women. He had everything. But where is he right now? In the ground. But where? <laughs> Deep in the ground. He bowed down to Satan, now he's burning. Okay. It says, and it says, 10 saith Jesus unto him, Get these hands, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord and thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Amen. So, 
all this is temporary. Yeah. Riches is temporary. Life is temporary. Everything is temporary. We always remember God is the only person we worship. God Almighty. God is the only person that gives us what we need to be who we are. And of course, this is where, this is where we're going to almost finish. Well, if, if you don't, if you will, uh, just let me elaborate real quick. Uh, right here where it says, get out of your Satan. I mean, after you're done telling him to leave, telling whatever your temptation is to leave. He says, for the scriptures say, you must worship your Lord, your God, and serve him only. So here's some other keys to fasting, you know, just, to, just so I can get this. First and foremost, when you're in fast and when you're deep in fast, start to worship your God. Start to praise him. Start to start to sing songs to him. Start to be creative with him and do it all for his glory, to glorify his name, to glorify him. And, and give him all of all of those adoration that you have. And afterwards, serve him. And what does he want us to do for serving him? He wants us to serve our brothers and sisters on the streets. Do something for your community. Do something for your brothers and sisters.